And it is the Sunday, the 3rd of March, 2019. It has just gone midday. And a very warm welcome to Men's Radio Station, indeed, where men really do talk. Now, I might have told you a little bit of a fib last week. I reassured you that by this time, our very own Russ Kane would be back in the hot seat and bringing you some of the finest guests that MRS has to offer you. But sadly, I'm afraid I did not predict the perils of man flu. Russ, if you are listening, we wish you a very speedy recovery. I shall introduce you to who is in your stead instead. And in the studio joining me, Phil Dave, we have Kenny Mamarella de Cruz. Is that right? Is that, have I said that properly? Yes, I've said it right. All of that effort actually (laughs) didn't go to waste. (laughs) Terrific. And we also have producer James who is 24. Let's get that out of the way. 25 now, aren't you? No, 20. I was 25 now. now. That's a very quick birthday. Uh, (laughs) Good Lord. But I'm glad we're still hammering that home even though Russ isn't here. We are. No, but we have to keep certain traditions alive (laughs) and it's only fair that we do so. Boy wonder. Yes, and absolutely. Now, sitting alongside James there, it's very exciting actually. He didn't know we were going to do this, but uh, we also have new producer, Andrew, who's uh, who's standing by. Hello, everyone. There we go. Right. So is that Boy Wonder's Boy Wonder? Boy Wonder, yes, there we go. The PA's VA. Yes, we'll go with that. The PA's PA, there we go. Program assistants, program assistant. Go figure. Anyway, you are listening to Men's Radio Station, and what a cracking lineup we have for you today. I'm not just saying this. I really, I looked at the, the running order of today's show, and I thought I'd listen. Genuinely, if that was me, I would listen, but I can't listen because I'm talking instead. So (laughs) Kenny and I look forward to uh, welcoming to the studio today uh, Nick Davis, who we will talk to momentarily, who is a psychotherapist and hypnotherapist. We'll be looking how he combines those two rather specialist fields in just a moment. We're also going to be joined by Sandro Forte. Now, Sandro Forte is a chap who has really been rather inspiring. He has turned his life around. He's done the ultimate, what men can only dream of doing. He has decided in no uncertain terms that he's going to take the life that he was given, turn it around for the better and make something of it. Truly inspirational guy. Really very much look forward to hearing his story a little later on. And last but absolutely no means least, we'll also be joined by Tim MacArthur. Tim MacArthur is a performer, darling, don't you know? So we'll be finding all about his latest antics a little later on. But Men's Radio Station would be absolutely nothing if it weren't for you. So we would really love it if you would take the time today to interact with us. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Sunday, even if you're just listening for a few minutes. It's better than nothing, and we thank you for it. What you need to do, though, is you need to join in the conversation. And it really couldn't be easier. If you want to give us a call, the telephone number you need to make a note of is 0203 290 4411. That's 0203 290 4411. Now I hear you cry. What are we talking about today? What a handsome question that is. (laughs) Well, what we are talking about today is coping mechanisms. That's what we're running with today. You're going to hear a bit of a common theme with all of our guests as we speak to them. And that is their life techniques and their coping mechanisms for dealing with whatever life throws at them. So we thought we'd ask you, what do you do to make your life a bit easier? And it really could be from mental to physical. Whatever your coping mechanisms are, we really want to hear from you. It could be that you make a point of maybe just watching 20 minutes of television once a day. Could be something as simple as that. Or maybe you meditate. Whatever it is, though, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Telephone number 0203 290 You'll speak to the lovely Howard. He'll take your call and he will put you through to the studio, providing you're going to say something remotely nice about <clears throat> the presentation team. Okay, I think without further ado, let us begin and introduce our first guest, Nick Davis, as I say, is a psychotherapist and a hypnotherapist. And he joins us now. Nick, a very warm welcome to Men's Radio Station. And thank you very much indeed for joining us. I suppose we need to start with a little bit of background, just for context. How exactly did you get into psychotherapy? And I think we'll come on to the hypnotherapy afterwards. Start off with psychotherapy, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for having me on, guys. This is a subject um, very close to my heart, men's health, Um, in particular men's mental health. So uh, 19 years ago, I was working at uh, British Telecom and I was uh, very career minded and I was kind of pushing myself, I was working loads and loads of hours, as we all do, to try and get on in the corporate world. And I was moving house at the same time, 
I was having problems in my relationship with my girlfriend and we were splitting up. Now, as a kind of, um, back then, as a kind of alpha male rugger bugger type, you know, I used to work hard, play hard. I was, um, I thought I could handle anything. And I was like, do you know what? I'm Captain Scarlet. I'm indestructible. Nothing can get in my way. I'm going to work hard, carve out this career and get the perfect life for me. And then one day when this was all happening and I was gazumped on the house I was moving to, so I had to move in with my parents. But not knowing how all this stress was sort of affecting me, I remember sitting down and feeling really, really giddy one day. And my heart was racing, I was sweating and everything else. And then out of the blue, I had a fit and I lost consciousness. And that was the first time anything happened. Until then, it was go, 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 do, do, do. Well, the interesting thing, it was go, 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 do, do, do. But my unconscious mind, and this is why I got into hypnotherapy that I'll cover in a bit. But my unconscious mind was sending me signals that something was wrong. Right. So, and that manifests itself in physical formations. Sorry. Yeah, and the physical formations, and the interesting thing is I thought I was physically ill. I thought I was dying. Right. So I went to hospital and I privately paid for everything you could have done. I paid for two brain scans. I paid for blood tests. And this went on for a period of six months. I'll be honest wow. with you. My life was really, really good at that time. You know, I was working hard and I was everything was, was okay. You know, there was a few problems in my life and this, that and the other. But it was like somebody taking the rug from underneath my feet, yanked it, and just said, right, everything you've got in your life now, we're going to take away. Right. The Ooh. next day, I woke up with anxiety and panic attacks. So you can imagine from being a fairly, you know, a guy that's a bit of a joie de vivre. I enjoyed a good life and, you know, very confident. A go-getter, right? Someone yeah, go-getter, yeah. but outgoing. You know, we'd go mm. out and we'd drink and, you know, things like that four nights a week. Yeah, you know, work hard, play hard. And I was on a really great uh, career path. In fact, I was on an accelerated management scheme. They, mm. they handpicked about 20 of us to go on this scheme. Um, and I was earmarked for, you know, big things for the future. And then that day, everything changed and I couldn't have prepared myself for it because in my life, it's like physically or, or mentally, I wasn't frightened of anything. You know, I'd push forward. And then honestly, the next day I woke up, panic attacks. If, if you've ever had a panic attack, it's the worst thing that can happen to you in, in your life. Right. So well, can we pick up on that? Sorry, Kenny, uh, can we mm, pick up on that? Because yeah. actually, what is the difference between feeling anxious and yeah. actually having a full-on panic attack? Yeah, yeah. and that's a, there's, there's a really important distinction between the two. Anxiety is different from panic. Anxiety is where you know, you'll start flushing, your heart will go, uh, your breathing will shorten, and your, your palms will sweat and you'll go, I feel really uncomfortable, I need to get out of here. Mm. That's an anxiety attack. A panic attack is instantly where you go, I'm going to die. Ooh. Okay, so I, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I deal with people sort of from the sporting world, from grassroots all the way up to sports level with my Nick Davis Sports Psychology. Mm. In my hypnotherapy, I deal with, you know, the same kind of thing, people in important positions and, you know, multimillionaires and things like that. And one thing that people with panic attacks have in common is nobody else understands a panic attack unless you've had it. Mm. So let me tell you what it is. A panic attack, the cruelest thing with a panic attack is, I mean, let me go into something more personal. When I was a, when I was a youngster, I got myself into a bit of trouble. I used to you know, get into a few scraps in the street and this, that, and the other. I was a very kid with loads of energy and ended up getting stabbed. And I was stabbed quite badly. I got into a street fight, stabbed in the heart, stabbed in the back. Nearly lost my life. There's a big scar down here. Wow. How old were you? Wow. 19. 19. Okay, so this is the worst thing that can happen to you to lose your life. Now, going through that experience, the panic you feel when you're going to die, there's blood pouring out my chest. It's black because it's not oxygenated. It's a horrible, horrible experience, but one that kind of should have woke me up, really. Mm. But it was like, you know, I lived that lifestyle. It was like, oh, let's go out, let's have a let, you know, and lad, you know, boys fight, you know. Yeah. But this one time, it went to the next level. So I nearly lost my life. Now, you'd think that experience on its own would frighten you enough to go, whoa, panic attacks was worse than that. Mm. And, and, and this is the crazy thing. The thing is, when I got stabbed, it was like I was conscious and panicking that I was going to lose my life. But I went into this kind of sleep. And it was the most peaceful sleep. And this is why I kind of I say to people, you know, about death and things like that. Don't fear death because mm. everybody I know has had a near-death experience. It's the most peaceful sleep you go into, the anxiety you get before. But, but comparing that to panic is really important because panic gives you that experience several times a day. So imagine this. When, when I had this, it would trigger and I'd be in my new house that I bought and I'd have a panic attack. So immediately, you're going to die. Mm. Then it then it subsides after minutes or hours or whatever else. Then it comes back of its own accord, or can you control it in any? Well, way? I know how to control it now, and I'm right. going to teach people how to do that. But when you're in that situation, it comes back probably eight, ten times a day, every day. Wow! So at that stage, it owned you. You didn't oh, know when it complete, was coming. Complete. You didn't know when it was leaving. 
And is it like that timeless time, I'm going to die, standing on the edge yeah. of death, am yeah. I dead now type thing? Not am I dead, it's the bit before. It's just before. That, that little bit of the... So it's if, been if you, before it's, the release. It's, it's the shove. The... If you are standing on the edge of the cliff, it's that yeah. shove that you get when you're just wow. going over the edge several times a day. And this is why panic is so horrific. And this is why when you've had that, you want to. I want to help everybody. With and, and were there any warning signs or did you not see anything? It just literally could be like someone was flicking a switch. I tell you, it's like a switch. Wow. Sometimes it builds up and you, I, I learn how to spot the signs mm. when it builds up. But your, your unconscious mind is, this is why I got into hypnotherapy and this is why I'm so passionate about helping people with this, is your unconscious mind is a very, very good servant of yours. And what it does is, like when I was at BT, is when you're working too hard, it taps on your mind very, very quietly. It's like a whisper and it will say, it doesn't say this, but it's almost like it will give you something to warn you. And it was almost like it's whispering, hey, slow down. Mm. But we ignore it. So for me, um, you know, I was drinking massive cups of coffee. You remember the Pro Plus caffeine tablets yeah. as well? Oh, just to don't. Keep... The number of people I know who used to take those is the, shocking. Yeah. These and energy drinks, honestly, stay well away from yeah. them, honestly, because what they do is they stimulate you when you're full of this caffeine. And you... I used to run up and down the office. I had a team of 30 so I could be more efficient. And I was doing 60, 70 hours. This is crazy. Wow. You know, so your body, my, my unconscious mind is whispering to me, Nick, slow down, slow down. Then it gets louder, mm. then it gets louder. Mm. Then my vision started to blur right at the end. There's things like I started to get back pain, my vision started to blur, I started to slow my speech a little bit, and this is why I thought something really serious was happening. Mm. But when you ignore the warning signs, what your unconscious mind does, and the weird thing is, is panic is there to protect you. And this is what I had to get my head around. So my body is saying, if you carry on like this, basically you're going to die. You can't push your body through this without dying at the end. Yeah. So what it says, rather than dying, let me give you the thing that you're most fearful of and I'll put you in bed so you recover. So it's actually trying to do the right thing. Mm. So my biggest fear was dying a horrible death or dying suddenly, probably mm. because of the stabbing incident. Yeah. Does that make sense? So the fear from that, I thought, let me give you this so I can calm you down, you go to bed, you rest and then regroup and learn your lesson. But because I didn't learn my lesson and I was like, because you don't understand it, you're just overwhelmed. You're you like, don't listen to it, do you? Yeah. Yeah. And the worst thing you can do is ignore your body. Your body mm. works perfectly. You know, if you if you put good nutrition in, you walk, you, you breathe fresh air, mm. your body works perfectly. But it's when we don't listen to these mm. things. And this is what I'm a big advocate now. I know when my back starts aching in the middle, that's the first signal that something else goes wrong. My breathing will, sh will shorten. Mm. My heart will start to race. My temperature goes up. My palms will sweat. So you know the signs now. Yeah. If I keep pushing, I can get back to anxiety and panic now if I needed to. In mm. fact, I was dealing one week, uh, a few months, ago I had a particularly um, busy week with anxiety clients and one of the issues I have because I'm very nurturing in the work I do because I want people to feel good sometimes I take on those issues and I had a particularly anxious client and I said to her I'm actually feeling your panic now so what we'll do not your anxiety rather it wasn't a panic attack mm. I said so what we'll do is we're going to calm each other down together I'm going to show you the techniques and we did it together and she said do you know that was really helpful that you told me that you had anxiety because mm. it made it feel normal well I think, it, I think a lot of people with anxiety they feel quite alone don't they so oh, when they can share that like, can I just can I just tell you a really fab story it's a really funny one do your so um, have you ever been to a really busy bar and you want to get a drink and you just can't get a drink and yeah. things like that yeah mm. I'll tell you the one one way to clear a bar so I'm playing rugby and I was a bit of a rugger bugger hang on is it hang on is it family friendly it's family friendly <laughs> <laughs> in that case tell us how you clear a bar okay so um right. so just after having the anxiety and the panic attacks I went for counseling I'm not a fan of counseling for anxiety panic and trauma um, counseling is great if you need to talk about things work things out on a conscious rational level yeah. if things are held at an unconscious level which anxiety panic and trauma and things like that are you're better off working with somebody who does hypnotherapy or the blast technique or things like that because mm -hmm. you need to work at an unconscious level so my counsellor said to me I paid for it all privately what you need to do is you need to share your story talk to other men like yeah. this it's actually not a great thing to do Okay, because if you're sharing your story with people who don't know or are unsympathetic, it's terrible. So I'm, I'm standing at the bar. I decided to give up drinking, give up coffee, everything. And I'm standing at the rugby club bar. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to beat this on my own. And the guy next to me is singing a song. I didn't know he was singing a song. And do you remember that song that goes, hey, what's wrong Run with you? you? Yeah. Who, <laughs> sings <that? laughs> who, who sings that? I have no idea. Maybe one for the listeners. Maybe one for the listeners. And, yeah, and it tweeting. says, you're looking kind of down to me, doesn't yeah. it? Hey, what's wrong with you? You're looking kind of down to me. So he's singing this song, minding his own business. I'm so full of this anxiety still. I'm thinking, hey, this guy's asking me. He's a friend of mine. He's asking me how I am. So I turned That's around and went, 
Oh, yeah, thanks for asking. Fats and small. Oh, fats and small, there yeah, that's go. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were insulting us there. But <laughs> <laughs> but Join it, the queue, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he turned around and said this. So I opened up, as the counsellor told me to, and said, you know what, I'm glad you asked me. Mm. Um, I'm suffering this anxiety, and I'm, you know, da-da-da-da. And he just looked at me, that million-dollar stare or whatever, 100-yard stare, and just kind of walked off. The bar cleared. Nobody wanted to know. That is such an important point to make because there's this big question why don't men speak and men have got this label men don't speak where is the space to be heard to be met Mm. not to be abandoned not to be bought to drink not to be humiliated not to be upstaged not to be fixed not to be processed blah 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 but i think and that's why yeah i think his uh, nick story is a perfect example of why we don't exactly he he looks Mm. at his friend and he goes i'm not feeling well and he goes Oh, I'm going to leave now. Yep. Yeah. And it's like you feel on an island all by yourself. Yeah. And I would also stress that Nick's story is a perfect example of why Howard Jameson and Russ Kane founded mm. Men's Radio yeah. Station. Yeah. So yeah. if you can relate to what Nick is saying, please do feel free to get in contact with us because we'd love to hear your story. And please mm. do talk to us. You can't stress enough the importance of talking. It's not worth bottling these things up. Nick, yeah. I really don't want to put you on the spot. But if anyone has any questions maybe that they'd like yep, to put to you, do you have any problems if we encourage no, people to do no, that? No, not at all. Wonderful. All. You see, Thank that's you. what you do. You wait until you're live and then you ask the guests that. <laughs> normally they'll say yes. So you've heard it. Nick yeah. has said that he will happily take questions from you. So if there's anything that you've heard today that Nick has said that you think, actually, do you know what? I can absolutely relate to that. That really mm. sounds very familiar. Why not give us a call? Telephone number is 0203 290 double four double one that's 0203 290 double four double one you can also contact us through the weird and wonderful world of social media if you go to facebook.com forward slash men's radio stn and you can actually comment on our live video we'll read out those comments as the show goes along so facebook.com forward slash men's radio stn and on twitter we are at men's radio stn Nick, when would you say the turning point was? When did you actually realise, you know what, something has really gotten a hold here, I need to do something? Yeah, I mean, I did everything. So I went down, I went down the med- medical route and what they did is they prescribed me some tablets for anxiety and I think they were anxiety and depression because obviously over a long period of time, and that's the funny thing with anxiety, it can turn into depression easily because mm. you're so overwhelmed, you're exhausted. Um, so what I did, I didn't want to take tablets, but I did. And the worst thing was I took these tablets and after a few days of taking the tablets, they didn't agree with me. My, it was really weird. I remember my head crackled and I lost my vision. Can we just confirm, so this is tablets that was prescribed to you? Yeah, or the, these are, I can give you the, no, no, these are doctors from Fine. the doctor. They've uh, obviously prescribed venlafaxine. So venlafaxine is uh, an anti-anxiety drug, but it's also an anti-depression drug. Now, I'm not advocating the not using drugs. What I'm saying is, you know, certain drugs work in different ways for different people. It's important to liaise with your doctor yeah. um, and be re- have a really good relationship with your doctor, but tell them about how they're affecting you because they affect people in different ways. For me, they were horrible. And I know a couple of other friends that have had the same experience and they not they didn't lose their sight. But temporarily, I lost my vision. I panicked. I was like, you know, um, and then I came off them. And, and then How long were you on them for? Seven days. That was right, a crazy right. thing. So, and do they say that it takes so many days or weeks to yeah, settle in? Yeah. How long does it usually take? They, they can say anything from, you know, seven to 21 days or right, seven to right. 14 days. But, but after seven days, you just thought, no, this is not for me. It was horrible. It made things worse. Right. And it was, you know, I, kn- I knew I needed to find another way. So they're recommending counselling. So I paid. For, there's a waiting list. You know, that that's the that's the issue as well. <clears throat> so I paid privately for counselling, and and I didn't find it helpful because I said to the counsellor, "Look, we can regurgitate my life. We'll look at everything. Mm. I'm a really open and honest person. I'm one of these human beings that I want to be my best self. So I want to keep improving. So we were sitting there for 20 weeks regurgitating everything I'd done. I remember, I remember saying to him one day. Do you know what? I pinched um, 10 pence out of my mum's purse to borrow a pencil one day for her birthday. Um, was it something to do with that? So I was really clutching <laughs> oh at straws. You know, it was. Yeah. So many, I've heard of so many men going to counselling and just trying to feed them with any information. Yeah. It's like, find it, fix, fix it. Yeah. Let me out of here. I want yeah. to get on with my life. Meanwhile, I think what you're, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is that's the story. 
Yeah. This is about the person beyond the story. This isn't the yeah. doing and the fixing and the yeah. figuring out. This is the being. This is yeah. the, the soul. Yeah. And, and that needs to be held and so. And the thing is, you know, if it's a belief shift that you need, counselling's fine. If it's somebody to talk to about you've lost somebody and you need to talk to somebody, you haven't got somebody, that's that's fine as well. Yeah. But if you want to fix stuff at an unconscious level, so anxiety comes from the limbic system. The limbic system's there to keep you safe. So essentially, anxiety and panic are basically so. So the, the, the best metaphor I say to people is we walk through life with a rucksack on all of our backs. Now, there are positive and negative stresses. The, the ironic thing is that positive stress can also create anxiety. Mm. If that rucksack is too full of stuff, then what happens is your body creates anxiety as a way of saying, calm down, take some stuff out of the rucksack. You're trying to walk this journey with too much weight. You need to take some of that out. So it's basically feedback. Yeah, so, and if you listen to that and take stuff out of the rucksack, you'll be fine. But what happens when the rucksack gets too full, mm. and this is where we get chronic anxiety and panic, the seams of the rucksack burst and everything comes out. Yeah. And then you're overwhelmed. So, me too. And the problem is, is then this is why counseling exacerbates the thing, is we have some things in the brain called glial cells or glial cells. Now, what glial cells do is that everything you think about during the day, positive or negative, when you go to sleep tonight, these glial cells go through the brain and say, right, what have you thought about positively and negatively? We're going to reinforce those things for tomorrow. Mm. And this happens every day of your life. So, if you're regurgitating something negative again and again and again, it strengthens it. And this is why counseling is not effective for anxiety and trauma and things like that were not as effective because it what, feeds the old story yeah it's feeding that loop and it's mm. filling the rucksack it's filling the rucksack so mm. by me talking about this more and more at the end of the 20 sessions I said to the counsellor look you're a lovely guy however I've still got panic I've still got anxiety I've still got these headaches mm. nothing's changed and I've parted with a lot of money yeah. in your opinion why is it that we do as it were accentuate the negatives what, what is I mean I know that we're told in life that we should focus on the positives but the truth is we don't yeah. and, and why do you think that is I think it's sensationalism sometimes. You know, our limbic system, we're at kind of mercy to because we, we will always pay attention. Our limbic system is geared towards keeping us safe. So the first thing that we do is we pay attention to things that keep us safe. So if there is danger, danger will get our attention over anything else. And this is why if you look at the news, you look at... Um, the soaps on TV, I won't mention any culprits, but, um, <laughs> you know, these tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but the, you know, look at the soaps on TV. How many of the storylines are negative? When you look at normal life, then it, it, it doesn't really balance. Those kind of things don't happen in everyday life all of the time, you know, yeah. if... Yeah. If that makes sense. Nick, it? you've obviously had an effect. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kenny, because it would appear as if someone we has have called caller. in to Men's Radio Smashing. Station. And we can now hopefully speak to Yogesh. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Yogesh, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. Hiya. Hello yeah, there. Hey, Yogesh. How thank, are you doing? Thank, oh, no, Hi, hang on Kenny. a second. Uh, Kenny sounds like he's, uh, yeah, Yogesh he's is really cool. familiar. Right. Yogesh <laughs> comes to, um, you know, talking about space for people to be heard. Yogesh comes to the men's groups and ah. we just have a ball in the men's groups because not only do we hang out and have a good time but we name the things that need to be named it's not like let's find bad things to talk about so we're popular with big stories it's if it needs to be named name it let it pass and let's give energy to what mm. we want to grow fair to say yogesh definitely yeah i mean i've been going for a couple of years now and it's fallen into like my normal routine just like going to the gym or you know going for walks it's just feels so natural and so normal. So, yeah, and Yogesh, what, what's prompted you to call Men's Radio Station today? Because obviously we're very grateful that you have, but but what have you heard that made you think, I'm going to pick up the phone? I just wanted to check in, really, just to join the conversation and uh, just been really interested in, you know, men's mental health and uh, men's issues. So it was just, like, curious to join the conversation and... Have you ever yeah, had what, what I could add? Have you ever had panic attacks or overwhelm like that? Or do you know anyone around around you that has? Uh, I well, I have times when I get like quite like, worried about things or uh, maybe like angry or anxious, so like a like mini breakdown. I don't know if that's a panic attack. Um, well, let's let's put that to Nick, shall we? Because you were saying that you don't know whether or not mini breakdown equals panic attack. Is is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I would say so. That's yeah. Right, so, yeah. so, so, what kind of uh, what were you feeling, Yogesh? What what kind of things happened? How did you feel? And you know, how did it start? Um, I 
guess I start to feel angry about certain things and then yeah. I link that anger to other issues and it's kind of like all the negative things that are going on yeah. or things that are perceived to be going wrong. Yeah. They kind of all come together and then I just get this anxiety and like adrenaline rush. Yeah. I mean, the the, the the strange thing is, is anger is a precursor to anxiety as well, because anger is a bit where we're, we're kind of still in control, really, because um, we feel, but, but things, are, that's a, a good indicator of overwhelm. So what happens when there are things in the rucksack that are too full for us, anger, what it does, it delivers a form of energy so that we can mm. go. And, and do you know, the funny thing is, is anger is a positive resource. People don't realise that. It's all anger is, is really saying that when someone's angry, all they're saying is, look, I'm overwhelmed stay away from me yeah so and people misread it you know so when you say angry people the best thing to do is to just avoid them they just need a bit of space to call off you know certain forms of anger anyway so anger is the precursor and it's saying to you yogesh that it the, is yeah the, the rucksack and is... actually um yeah sorry um, no no carry on i was just going to add to uh, what you were saying before about anger and you know what it triggers and it yeah kind of tells other people to stay away from you yeah but it also within me it triggers like some kind of response like i want to do something about this yeah exactly so, so, or, so you know sometimes you coast along and like there's stuff that you've said like i'm going to book a holiday or i'm going to yeah do so it. it's I'm like a catalyst and then it's like a catalyst yeah and then i think well actually i'm you know, I want to fight this and yeah. know, do something about it. Oh, one of the things that we're talking about on Men's Radio Station today is coping mechanisms and learning mm -hmm. to deal with what life throws at us. What would you say when you do find yourself in a situation like that is your coping mechanism? Apart what do you from do? booking a holiday. Apart from booking a holiday. <laughs> 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 Maybe you've got a slightly cheaper and more yeah. realistic alternative because <laughs> otherwise I'd be going away every day. <laughs> I know, yeah, I'd love to do that, but... Yeah, if if that's not available, then I like to call people up. Yeah. So like, Connect. You know, I start to feel like when I feel like that, then I just like I just have like people that I go through in my phone book, and I I just call them up and talk to them. Mm. Do, do you know what? Uh, Can I so... throw some advice out here? Because the holiday is actually a good thing. One <laughs> one one of the things I do in uh, with hypnotherapy is holidays are great, but we can't always have a holiday. You know, work gets in the way. We can't afford it. This that and the other. But one of the things exactly. that I can invite you to do is, um, mm -hmm. is, is, is to imagine you're on holiday. We'll create the same kind of sensory experience and the same kind of chemicals, cooling chemicals in your body that tells you relax. So, so one of the things to do mm. is to, to just close your eyes and then really mm -hmm. imagine that you're on holiday. So visualize. The first thing is visualize things that are there. You know, what can you see? Can you see the blue sky? Mm -hmm. Can you hear the sound of the waves? You know, can you feel the soft mm -hmm. sand between your toes and things like that? And as you really engage with that and use your five senses, so smelling the foods that you would have on holiday or tasting the foods and things like that. And as you do that, what happens mm -hmm. when you're with your eyes closed? If you soften your breathing and relax, just those couple of minutes is enough to give you a little bit of space in that rucksack. So what I would say with you, for you, Yogesh, is mm. ang anger's good because it's not tipped you over the edge. It means you're still in control. So, But all you uh. need to do is just close your eyes and take yourself back to that holiday. Uh, do diaphragmatic yeah. breathing. Diaphragmatic breathing is so, so important because what, what happens is when we're anxious or angry, we activate the sympathetic mm. nervous system. So we go into fight, flight or freeze. Describe it. What is diagram, di diaphragmatic breathing? That's easy for you to say. I was going to say, <laughs> I tell you what, hang on, hang on a second, Kenny, we'll give you one more shot at that. <laughs> diaphragmatic. Yes. yes. That. Well done, <laughs> so to, in fact, why do we all do this in the studio as well? So pop your hand on your stomach, guys. I tell you what, can we have a go at doing that after we've paid the rent? Because I'm getting signed from producer. Uh, we need to go to an ad break. Yes, so I tell you what, let's do that. And after we come back here on Men's Radio, we are going to turn our hands to diaphragmatic breathing. Let's go for it. You're listening to Men's Radio Station. Indeed we do, and in the absence of Rust Kane this week, you are lumbered with Phil Dave. We also have Kenny and Mamarella de Cruz also in the studio, as well as our very capable 24-year-old producer, James Blake. And also we've got assistant producer, Andrew, but our special guest in the studio is Nick Davis. He's been telling us about 
how he's going to help us mm. with diaphragmatic breathing. We're going to find out exactly what that is in just a moment's time. As you can tell, I'm very proud that I can state that. And that's why I keep saying it. And I know I'm going to slip before long, but I'm going to try not to. Also on the line, we still have Yogesh with us as well. We'll come back to him in just a moment's time. So Yogesh, please don't go anywhere. We will be with you shortly. But if you, listening right now, would like to take part in... <coughs> better out than in if you listening right now would like to take part in men's radio station and any of the topics that we are talking about today we would absolutely love to hear from you please give us a call it couldn't be simpler it's really exactly the same as what yogash has done you call 0203 290 4411 that's 0203 290 it's not even a premium rate number like some of these radio stations charge it's just local rate so give us a shout and do join in with what we're talking about in particular we would love to know what your coping mechanisms are you will see a bit of a theme with all of our guests on today's show and we want to know how you deal and how you manage with the stresses in your life whatever it is that you do it could be something as simple as maybe listening to the radio it could be maybe your favorite podcast whatever it is it might even be that you're a bit of an artist you maybe you draw something like that or even if it is you do practice a bit of cognitive uh, cognitive oh that's where i slipped oh it had to happen didn't it oh dear it's it could even be a bit of cbt so <laughs> if you do practice any of that then please do let us know we'd love to hear from you, you can also contact us through social media it's facebook.com forward slash men's radio s TN, so the shortened version of station Men's Radio STN, and that's also our Twitter handle at Men's Radio STN. Now, Nick Davis, psychotherapist and hypnotherapist, please tell us what you're going to do to try and help us. Okay, so uh, I was talking about diaphragmatic breathing. In fact, I'm going to give you the full shebang. So I call it LIMA. So that's the acronym for what you should do if you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, panicked, or anything like that. So, and as you can tell, I cope brilliantly with acronyms, as I beautifully demonstrated just now. What exactly does LIMA stand for? So, so the first thing is the L is for loosen. So if you're feeling angry or stressed or anything like that, the first thing you need to do is loosen your muscles. Mm. So what I would say is sit back in the chair, lie down if you can. It's important to gain symmetry as well if you need to relax. So feet flat on the floor, hands on your lap. We don't want crossed arms or crossed legs. Now sit back, Kenny. That's it, nice. And as you, so the first thing is we loosen the muscles. And then the next thing we do is inhale. And this is where the diaphragmatic breathing is. So if you, gentlemen, if you can all pop your hands on your stomachs just below your, the, bot, uh, the bottom of your rib cage. And what we need to do, instead of a shoulder breath that we're very good at doing, is I want you to breathe in, but don't move your chest and shoulders. Push your stomach out. So as you breathe in, just watch me. I've, I've, I've put on an extra bit of weight just to demonstrate this. Normally, <laughs> normally that is so thoughtful. I know, thank you. I normally have a six pack, but I thought, well, Kenny, you know, just for you. I'm not proud. I'm happy with my one pack. <laughs> <laughs> So a nice deep breath in, but push the stomach out and hold the breath. So, And when you breathe out, I want you to just dump the breath. So, Sorry what that sounded like in the microphone. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, But it's actually good. So another breath in. Hold that breath. And then when you breathe out, just imagine letting go of any stresses or tensions. So... And if you do about five of those, five to ten of those, so loosen the muscles, inhale, this is the diaphragmatic breath. The L is the loosen, the I is the inhalation with the diaphragmatic breaths. But as long as you're feeling your, your stomach being pushed out, what it does, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system in the brain that we do when danger's gone. So if you imagine there was a, a tiger running up and down the radio station today, we'd all go into shoulder breathing, we'd be panicking. Well, Kenny's here, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked to sit still. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenny's running up and down the, the corridor. We're all panicking. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who's, who's he going to get next? Um, and so what we do, shoulder breathing, we start to panic and everything else. But once the tiger's captured and we're all safe, we all do that thing where we, we exhale and we go, <sighs> and we start laughing. Yeah. So what we do is we artificially create that with diaphragmatic breathing to trick the brain into this. Well, not trick the brain, but there is no danger because the brain is thinking we're in danger with, you know, the anxiety or the anger and everything else. Um, so in a way, what I feel you're saying is rather than the outside dictate and we react, yeah. we choose from the inside yes. and we change our environment, inner environment to the yes. outer environment. Yeah. We're, and what does um, what does Lima stand for again? So loosen mm -hmm. is the L. I is inhale, 
and the inhale we do the diaphragmatic breathing yeah and the m is for meditate now i'm going to show you i've done all the, uh, the meditations that you can i've done the um the zen cones you know what is the sound of one hand clapping try that for three months guys because when you <laughs> <laughs> Time on his hand. Uh, <laughs> hey, good time. Good Kenny, time. I like that. Time on his hand. Let, 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 us hope, let us hope that Russ didn't experience any one-handed clapping last week on his live show. <laughs> or, in, uh, can we just double check? Yogesh, are you still there? Are you joining in with this? Are you, are I'm you still here, yeah. How's it working I'm for you so to... far? It is, yeah. It's working really well. Excellent. Well, let's yeah. carry on. Let's try some meditation. So the M, the med- meditation. I So the other one was, what is the sound of the mouse that roars? And what you do is you meditate on these Zen cones and you get this overwhelming answer to the question. However, because you, you do it as a, cere- a cerebral level, you can't explain it to anybody. So uh, the other one we did was... Wait a minute, no, 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 no. You just said you get an overwhelming answer to the mm. question. And now you're just moving on. That's rude. Yeah, well, <laughs> can I just say, I'm still trying to work out the one-handed clapping. Right here. Was, but anyway, <laughs> I'll, sh- I'll show you the funny answer. No. Oh. no, but seriously, what it does is your brain is able to uh, appreciate how that may sound in a, in a weird kind of uh, different kind of meditative Buddhist level. Because you go into being with the moment yes. of that movement, of yes. that feeling. So yeah. again, it's from doing to being. Yes. Right. Yeah. But you can't verbalize it. That's the thing. Mm. So the other one was OM meditation, OHM. Where, um. Yeah, exactly. So the vibration of the O is in the, in, is in the throat area. Yeah. The H is in the uh, chest and the M is in the stomach. So it's, right. it's been a while since I've done this, but it should be... Uh, shall we? Shall we? <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh. Oh. No, that was a bit Lord, it's like the dawn <laughs> chorus. <laughs> Good gracious. If you are still listening, do not What's adjust your sets. You are listening to men's radio station. <laughs> Good gracious. I feel more stressed than ever. After that. <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, I think yeah. that you know, um, I think that we would like to at this stage. I've got a comment here on Facebook that I'd like to read out if it's okay, yeah, to Nick, because hopefully you'll be able to help this person. You've got uh, Sandra, I think that's who is commenting here. Says my son suffers from anxiety and has panic attacks, mm. and he says it brings out the angry young man. Yeah. He then wants to be left alone and goes to do drawing, which helps him. So that's obviously his coping mechanism, yeah. isn't it? And and do you sort of suggest that sort of drawing is the release that some artists say that it is? Do you know it is? And you you know what I find? You know I I'm a, I'm a great lover of art myself, and I draw and paint, and it's it's so therapeutic because you kind of lose yourself in this, and and it is a form of meditation art. Yeah. Any any form of kind of art and things like that. When you lose yourself in something, you're in a meditative state. So, you know, there are things that I do, like walking meditations. I walk around my local park and I become so absorbed in the air, the trees, the sound, the surroundings that it's yeah. a walking meditation. So it's oh. like being in those moments with whatever it is. Yeah. Because I, I remember walking. years ago when I was absolutely enraged, mm. my whole body was pumping with evil. Mm. And I didn't want to kind of, you know, lob it at anyone because, yeah. you know, I used to be a nice Catholic boy. How many Hail Marys would that cost? <laughs> But <laughs> I discovered the gym and my God, yeah. did I get it out of me yeah. with weight meditation. Yeah. And by default, I just became like drop dead gorgeous Mitchell and me are twitching. My, but who cares about that? I was just <laughs> enraged and it was the way of getting it out. Yeah. And Can I, re- I just tell you how overwhelmed I am to be sitting in your presence? Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit early to be drinking, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so five o'clock right. somewhere. Don't oh, yeah. start that. So are you saying that it's about being with whatever it is you're doing, whether it's a yin yeah. thing or a yang yeah. thing, as long as it's of out of the yeah, head yeah. and out of fixing? Well, let's not fight anything as well. So right. ang- anger is, this is what people don't realize. You know, we're brought up and taught that anger is a bad thing. I'm a boxing coach. When I was a kid, you know, I used to do boxing training and stuff like that. And I revisited it after finishing playing rugby as an adult. I love boxing training. Uh, I ran a women's group for boxing training as well. And what I found with with boxing training for kids all the way up, you know, you you could start probably age five, something like that. Hit a bag, get them some gloves. Expressing that anger is so, so important because when you bottle it up, yeah, it, it gets strengthens. Toxic. Yeah, it yeah. strengthens. Yeah. And and so, I mean, some people say anger uh, it, it inwardly is depre- creates depression. It's suppression of emotion or suppression yeah. of expression. So yes. when it's expressed, yes, then surely I know for me, yeah. I felt like 
I owned my power. Yes. And I got it back from whatever I was hand handing yeah. it to, yeah. which was my fear or yeah. my fantasy or yes. my, you know, whatever yeah. it is I was buying into. That's simply not true in this moment. Yeah. I mean, we can look at it from a kind of uh, psychological level, you know, expressed anger on the outside. Uh, as Carl Gustav Jung, Freud student, said, you know, the persona, what we present to the world is the opposite to the self. And anger, com what I found with myself when I was an angry young man growing up is my anger on the outside meant that myself on the inside was a vulnerable child. Yeah, exactly. And, and anger management, one of the things I dislike about it is they address the anger. Whereas it's not. If you look on the inside, it's the vulnerability that you need to strengthen. So that's did survival, you? Sorry. No, you go. Go, go, go. Did you, if you don't mind me getting personal no, and say pass if you like, did you follow the feeling to the core? Like, why did you first start boxing? Did you have anger from a very young age that you channeled into boxing? Yes. Yeah. What was your, for me, what was this? Because what I do is when people feel whatever the negative emotions yeah. is take a breath into it Feel yeah. it, yep. follow the feeling, yeah. and see where it takes you. Yeah, exactly. Where did it take you? Yeah, so anger was me for uh, being pushed very, very hard as a kid, you know, by parents, by your school and things like that, saying, you're not good enough, you know, you need to try harder. This and is... that was old-fashioned parenting. That was them yeah. doing the best they knew to do. But you know the funny thing is with my sports psychology uh, stuff is I say to people, if you're pushing yourself a 10 out of 10, it's too hard. Do you know where the zone and the sweet spot, the the flow state stands? It's between a seven or an eight out of ten. But except this is why I got anxiety because I was pushing myself until I had nothing left. So it reminded yeah. me. Of, so what anger does is I can't. It's about control. So the yeah. anger's there to give you the energy to control it. Where actually, if you want if you want to be a peak performer, at anything seven or eight out of ten is where you need to be. But Not, will that make you number one? Yes. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, I mean, that may be for world champions, it may be a nine, nearer a nine, right. but it's never a 10. But surely also, maybe while training seven, seven or eight, but when competing, that's the time to blast it all out. Well, actually, the you know, I work with all sorts of sports, you know, I specialize in boxing, kickboxing, things like that. But what you'll find is, that, you know, when I've, I've worked with people who fought for world titles and things like that, is they'll say when they're in there, even though it's a really violent sport, do you know what? It flowed. Yeah, it flowed because in in, uh, in any martial arts they'll say speed kills, and the worst thing that people do in boxing is they try and punch hard. Yeah, was actually it's speed and accuracy creates the the, the you know you look at Anthony Joshua. In fact, uh, one of the guys that got me into boxing the, is an Olympic GB coach, Bob Dylan, and he trained me, and he still trains Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua trains at Sheffield, and he said to me, you know, it's about the accuracy and the delivery. Not going. Rah. So it's not spending lots of wild energy. Yeah, exactly. It's holding your power Efficiency. and directing. Ah, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yogash, so, you're still hopefully on the line. Is any of what's being said here ringing true with you? Can you relate to what what is being said in the studio? Yeah, it was um, really interesting what you're saying about not giving like your ten out of ten. Yeah. Because um, yeah, that's what you're always taught to do, and yeah. Well, what, what's your optimum, Yogesh? What, what do you aim for? If you were to use that same scale, that same metaphorical scale, what would you say is your optimum? I'd say, like, uh, about an eight is the optimal. For you um, personally? Like, yeah, but I would say that what Kenny said is true, that sometimes you might need to step it up if there's a particular um, situation or circumstance. Or a full moon. Um, but to run, to run at level 10, like, most of the time is, I think it's too draining on like your that's a great energy point. levels and, that is and mental resources. That is a fantastic point, Yogesh, because sometimes we need to dip into that 10, mm. but don't stay there. Mm. Yeah. Yogesh, thank you so no. much for calling Men's Radio Station. The reason we're going to let you go is because we want other people to hopefully call in as well and get a bit of time to speak to Nick. So if anyone's listening to this, sure. and they'd also like to get some advice from Nick there. One, quick question. One, oh, quick, one quick question. One quick question. How did it feel? Before phoning in, was it scary? Did your heart beat? Did you do the ums? Did you get into this? No, I actually just, um, I just picked up and just called. I didn't actually think You're about it. You're a confident and man, then, aren't you? Mm. Yeah. So would, would you like to reassure anyone that listening that, that it's not that scary and actually if they want to do the same, they scary, can? No. Excellent. <laughs> oh, Yogesh, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to call Men's Radio Station. All right, cheers, guys. Cool. All the best. Thank you. Take care, Yogesh. Bye. So what's your take on adrenaline and endorphins? Because isn't one mm. kind of draining, one toxic, one enlivening? It's different 
perspective, different places to come from. Is that right? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, adrenaline's there to protect you. You know, if, if we look at fight, flight and freeze, it's there to keep us alive. And this is what I was saying to Yogesh, just, you know, it's if you are pushing to a 10, there are some times where you need to push to a 10, but it's a brief moment of time and you shouldn't stay there. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. if you stay there, you're doing what you... And, and the thing is, with anxiety and panic, I explained it to one of my clients the other day. If you were in war-torn Syria, you want to be in a state of complete panic and anxiety because there are bullets whizzing around, there are bombs going off, this, that, and the other. That is a perfect way to be. Yeah. And it's actually not underestimating the, the usefulness of adrenaline. Exactly. exactly. There's exactly. a time and a place. Exactly. Well, that's what it's for. Yeah. It's there to keep you alive. And in that situation, you yeah. need it to keep yeah. you alive. Yeah. So. And, and, and this is what people misunderstand. But when we're in a, a situation where the, those things aren't going on, it's inappropriate. So yeah. if there is a dangerous situation or a perceived dangerous situation, uh, you're walking down a dark alley and you see, oh, God, you know, somebody, some dark shadows there, looks mm. a bit unsafe. It's great to get that bit of adrenaline because you need that snap decision to run away or... Now, Nick, I'm yeah. very aware that we haven't got you for much longer, but we have mentioned a couple of things towards the start of this that we've not got round to them yet. Now, yep. we mentioned first and foremost that you're also a hypnotherapist. Yep. So we'll come on to that honestly in just a second. But you also yep. mentioned the blast technique that yes. you use. Tell us a little bit about what blast technique actually is and how you went about creating this. Yeah, so um, basically, uh, as a hypnotherapist, I didn't want to deal with trauma and things like that. I thought it'd be too much for me, this, that, and the other. And I had a lovely client in one day who wanted to give up smoking, so I hypnotised her to help her to give up smoking and she had what we call an ab reaction, an abnormal reaction. She revivified a horrible, horrible assault that had happened to her and I kind of, I I fixed her but it it took me a while. Mm. So I thought, you know what, I need to create something that works a lot more quickly. So um, there's a client of mine, Dave, I hope he's listening, hello Dave, um, who was in the Marines um, and he basically suffered post-traumatic stress disorder. His armoured vehicle was blown up several times and he's lost friends, he's lost limbs and lost their lives, this, that and the other. So he came back from Afghanistan after 10 years um, with PTSD and he had all these issues of anger and he was like, I don't know why, and he's a lovely guy, doesn't want to hurt anybody mm. but this anger was with him and he, he, he'd been for counseling this that and the other couldn't quite get the help and his um his lovely partner she sent him to come and see me and uh, she said look you know this is kind of the last thing we've tried everything and i used the blast technique on him and, and blast stands for bilateral analysis and, and uh, stimulation treatment and what happens is one tr- more time it stands for what sorry no so genuinely yeah, in case yeah, people yeah. miss that bilateral yeah. analysis and stimulation treatment so it's the blast technique blast-technique.com if you want to find out more and what it does is um, anxiety and trauma is held in the right hemisphere of the brain the right hemisphere of the brain is the emotional brain it's the it globalizes things and generalizes things and what happens if people we've shown with people with fMRI scans that their brain activity in the right hemisphere is very very busy mm. whereas if you're not traumatized or anxious the, both hemispheres have a bit of activity but it's not great and what we found is if we do bilateral passes with the light pens that we've got on the table while somebody's re-experiencing a trauma it processes the trauma in real time and if you brain scan them afterwards it will show a permanent change so i've got this process and speeded it up from what was available out there to, to resolve things in minutes rather than sessions um, and dave the marine came to see me with these anger problems and everything else treated him He's the, actually the most relaxed, calm guy, and they're actually getting married later this year, and they've given me some lovely testimonials. Um, wow. So, you know, and Dave wants to train to be a hypnotherapist now, but it's what I'm trying to oh, do is I'm, I'm trying to get this technique out there more because, like I said earlier, counselling is um, exacerbates trauma. So it's great. It for takes other... things so far. Yeah, and yeah. And then it's time to put it into daily life or into action or meet a different level of it that might be emotional. Or yeah, be and you the... can't do that consciously because yeah. trauma, when something happens and it's a trauma, it, it basically comes back as a dream, as a flashback again and again and it's again. In the psyche somewhere. Can't yeah. it also materialise into like nervous tics as well and stuff like oh, that? Ner- nervous tics, rashes, serious illnesses. Yeah. You know, w- w- a friend of mine uh, has been looking at, um, you know, people who've been diagnosed with serious and, and terrible illnesses. Uh, there's a, a, a significant proportion of people that have had a significant trauma one to three years before that. The great wow. thing is, is I can process these traumas out permanently. In fact, I did a talk at Friday uh, on Friday in Holborn and the funny thing was, I said, has anybody got, uh, you know, something they want to work on, a trauma? And this lovely lady volunteered, came out of the crowd, that, you know, 70-odd people there. And she said, you know what, I was traumatised at work, I was kind of bullied and this, that, and the put in a situation. It's been in my mind for 18 years. Trauma mm. never goes away. So I said to her, yeah, great. Anyway, started moving the light pen, this, that, and the other. Within five minutes, her permanent trauma of 18 years is gone. Anyway, 
everyone's like clapping and everything else. Do you know what? It, it, and then afterwards, somebody came up to me and went, she was a plant. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but let's pick up on this. No, seriously, let's pick up on this. How did, what type of plant, by the way? No, it, 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 <laughs> let's seriously pick up on this because there will be people mm. out there who listen to this who say, what a load of tripe. There's yes. no way that this could work. What on earth is this person talking about? Mm. Why is hypnotherapy, do you think, frowned upon? Is it because of people who do genuinely play on pretending for want of a better wanna, term to be i want to jump in it, it uh, don't people because it, it's relatively new right in the term of medicine and like psychiatric psychiatric work it's quite a new thing isn't it hypnotherapy well let, let me let me just qualify a couple of things there with hypnotherapy so hypnotherapy is in terms of medicine is fairly new yeah. but it's not it was created i mean there are you know james braid and james as Ez- there were doing operations in india with hypnosis alone in 1850 so 1850, they were, you know, um, doing amputations of people's legs and arms with purely hypnosis. Hypnosis is a really, really powerful tool. Oh, yeah. I think what happened in the 90s, there was a load of hypnosis shows and stage shows. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a complete geek. So when I studied hypnotherapy, I wanted to know the stage stuff. Why, do, why can you click your fingers and say sleep and somebody clocks like a chicken? Mm. Um, so I studied that. I've done 52 shows because I, I'm the sort of person I want to know everything. Is I'm that a, actually genuine? Though? That is absolutely genuine, honestly. I did a show two, three weeks ago uh, with a good friend of mine, Sean, and we we were at Warwick University, and you know there were there was a gentleman um, giving birth, as he thought, and things like that, and they wake up at the end of the show. But these are very good hypnotic subjects, so there are people who go in, into what we call a somnambulistic state. I hope state. he's not stuck with postnatal depression. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we used the blast technique afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> hit, 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 hit. There was a beautiful plug, if ever I heard. <laughs> and, and, and he and Ben Maybe you're doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, so you, you've given the website, do you have um, like a YouTube or something so people can see a demonstration? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you actually go to the website, it's blast-technique.com uh, and you go into videos, you can see people that I've treated and, tes- and there's client testimonials, there's student testimonials. I've taught this to doctors, psychiatrists. I'm trying to get it out there more because I'm, I'm not somebody that, you know, I, I created this 11 years ago, bear in mind, and, and what, yeah. what I've slowly been doing is creating a solid foundation for it, pushing it gently and gently and gently because, I'd, you know, it's not about me. Mm. You know, it's nothing to do with me. This blast is a movement to help people because when I see people who, you you know, it's horrible. You see somebody with trauma. I remember dealing with a guy who was had some trauma and abuse when he was 15. He was 75 when I treated him. And yeah. he said, do you know what? I've had this. for." And he was angry afterwards. 60 years of my life. And you've cured it in 20 minutes. That reminds wow. me of the Jennifer Berry. Um, you killed my Jennifer Berry. What was it? The life of Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that isn't surprising. Yeah. I found that mm. so often is the rage of the lost time. Yeah is part of the celebration of being here and now and yeah. starting to live. And, and the crazy thing about this is, and, and I see this all the time, and this is what frustrates me, we see people in the armed forces that are protecting the country, doing a great job, they come back with PTSD and trauma, they can't get rid of these flashbacks. So yeah. do you know what they do? They go into addiction, and I don't blame yeah. them, because if you can't get rid of memory, and the flashback is, they'll sit here and they'll imagine they're in Afghanistan again. Mm. And, the, and it's like a hypnotic trance. They're mm. actually in hypnosis, we've proven now, people with PTSD. There's some really great research from a guy called Dr. Peter Nash at the Open University who says, you know, when people have PTSD, they're hallucinating and they're in a hypnotic state, exactly yeah. the same as the stage state. I can relate to that. Um, and I would say that my body was addicted to the panic, to yes. the adrenaline. Yes. So it wasn't even the story. I yeah. couldn't even get to the story. Mm. I was too overwhelmed with that That panicked feeling yeah. because of my PT- PTSD yeah. with secret service, refugee camps, whatever. Yeah. But I had it. Mm. I dare not take the lid off to look at what it was. Yeah. But there it was, the feeling. Yeah. And I would recreate things to survive, yeah. to pretend to be in control. And, and yeah. Kenny, can you relate then in that case to what Nick was saying, that you were there in that moment when you were... Oh, totally. It? I mean, the way that I kind of unlearnt my... I mean, the only one that people could see was the uh, twitching... And yeah. the grunting. Other than yeah. that, there was picking myself, OCD, yeah. Tourette, uh, trichlomania, eating disorders, whatever. But it's what you said, un- uh, be in the moment. Can I, can I just pick up on this, Kenny? Because this is so, so important. Can, do you know what? Shall we do this after the ad? Are we in a well, rush? I tell you what, as long as, oh, Nick, as, long as Nick is not Go. in a rush, no, no, absolutely we can, we can do this yeah, after yeah. an ad break. So why not? Let's pay the rent and we'll find out the answer to that in just a mm. moment. <laughs> 